0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Mercado and Manning TV podcast. My name's James Manning. I'm the editor of Media Week and joining me, as he does every uh, podcast, Andrew Mercado, Media Week contributor, columnist, TV historian. Welcome back. Hi, James. Thank you. Look, a uh, few things to talk about. We're actually recording this just before Easter, so... um Happy Easter if you're listening before or during, and hope it was a good one if you tune in afterwards. But, look, something that won't brighten up your Easter if you watch it, but it's a pretty compelling documentary. I thought we'd start with a British horror story, which is um, all about Jimmy Savile.
1: Which is on Netflix, right? Two parts. Yeah, I uh, pretty much inhaled it in one night and then needed to watch something light and breezy (laughs) before I could go to sleep that night. Oh look, it's it's not a pleasant watch, is it? Isn't it interesting for us as Australians watching this? Because I didn't grow up with Jimmy Savile. Um, I don't understand what his appeal was at all. I mean, I'm looking at him now in retrospect and going, did you not all realise that that guy looked like a dirty creep? He was, he dressed like a creep. He said sleazy things. He had that awful hairstyle. I don't. I will never understand what the appeal of him was to make him such a television icon in the UK. But, you know, here we go again. I mean, we've seen that Bill Cosby has destroyed his legacy uh, in America and uh, Jimmy Savile, my God, what about the revelations in the documentary about how close he was with Prince Charles? Yeah, I'm only part way through ep 2,
0: so... That, have I missed that, or is well, that they wrote letters they to each other
1: all the time. Prince Charles wrote to Jimmy Savile and asked for his advice. Could you give me some advice on how to do this? You're such a great man of the people. He go, oh my god, he he literally conned everybody.
0: Yeah, no, it's a shocker. Look, I'm, I'm with you. I I that's all I could think of as watching this is why did this guy get such a big following? I mean, he, he looks he's always looked creepy. Yes. Uh, He's always looked like some uh, extrovert pervert sort of bloke. His his dress sense was shocking. He didn't look the least bit trendy. No. His hair looked just horrid.
1: Everything about him makes your skin crawl. Totally. And, and yet, and, um, you know, they, they actually say in the documentary that if you're around TV long enough, even though people have their suspicions about you, eventually you become an institution and you're allowed to do and say whatever you want. So mm, it's really creepy. But, you know, the TV history,
0: fascinating as well. Oh yeah, the archive footage is just um, a lot of it's quite grainy because it goes back to the sixties. Yeah. Um, and but it's amazing what they've been able to put together. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. The and he he thought he became a, he was untouchable almost, wasn't yeah. he? Um In that that second episode, some of the stuff he says when he appears on some of the it was a bit of a celebrity on TV sort of those chat show, game show, quiz show, panel sort of shows. And he just, he makes jokes about sort of chasing young women, you know. As did Bill
1: Cosby from the start of his career. That's what they both got in common. Both Jimmy Savile and Bill Cosby were big stars from the 1960s on. They were abusing people right from the start of their career and they were dropping clues and Easter eggs about what they were doing the whole time and nobody was paying attention.
0: One of the the most sort of amazing things, it's um, towards the end of the first step, it might be in the start of the second, is the interview that Andrew Neil conducted with him, when somebody, I think probably for the first time broaches possible creepy behaviour. yeah and he, and he and he got there by his research team. Now, Andrew Neal's sort of a, a newspaper editor, UK journalist and TV yeah. host. His research team couldn't find any um, partners no. and he not one girlfriend no. that, that, that admitted to either dating him or going out with him or with just his whole background was there was just nothing there. Nothing
1: there. No tabloid yeah. pictures of him out on the town with a girl. Nothing. Not a single image or piece of video footage of with him with a young woman in his entire life. And yet he spends his whole career going off and chasing the birds all the time. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah, but it's it is. It's it's quite compelling, but it's um it's yeah, it's just a horrid, um it's a horrid story they unveil. It really is. So yeah, that's on uh that's on Netflix, so look out for that. Look, something I'm very happy about, and I'm surprised it actually showed up this week because we've been big fans of Gentleman Jack on this podcast and its star, Saran Jones, and the news came through recently. I mean, we knew there was a second season coming. Yeah. But it saw it, it, it's popped up quite quickly. Now, the, the initial uh, advice was I think it was April 28th, It was going to start um, being broadcast here, and that's still the case. It's April 28th, it's going to be available on BBC First, which you can watch on Foxtel and Fetch. But what happened this week is it cropped because it launched in the UK last Sunday evening. Yeah. So what happened, Foxtel have made it available on demand as from Monday evening this week. So it's been out for a couple of days.
1: Well, I didn't know till you told me. As soon as you told me, I raced to the Foxtel box and <laughs> watched it. Um, yeah, it's, there's, that's sort of what the ABC do on iView. You know, they'll play the Doctor Who episode in primetime that night, but it's available to you, for you to watch on iView uh, earlier on in the day to coincide with the UK uh, screening. I think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, You've got fans of these shows who are tweeting about the show in real time. The more we all are on the same page uh, watching TV, the better. And, yes, people can still watch it on Foxtel Tuesday week. um, But, yeah, if you want to start watching it now. And, I mean, that first episode, it reminded me just the sight of Suran Jones dressed in that gear, (laughs) striding so confidently through the village, marching around, things to do, and, and that... That look she gives all the time when she sees her girlfriend and she, and she literally gasps as she takes in air. She's she's so blown away by her beauty. It's such an incredible series and uh so good to have it back. It felt like it had never been away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's brilliant. The what I did, I I I ran back and watched the last episode of season one. Yeah. Just to give myself a refresher because. Gee whiz, I feel like I've seen so much TV and it, and it did remind me of things I'd forgotten about. And at the end of that first season, they're reunited. It's the two Ann's. It's Anne Lister yep. and it's the heiress Anne Walker. Yep. So Anne Lister, Sir Anne Jones, Anne Walker is um, Sophie Rundle. Now, she's been really under the thumb of her family pretty yeah. much. Um, Anne Walker, and she'd been sort of sent away up to Scotland. Um, Saran Jones had been in Europe and yep. they'd, they'd been separated for that back half of that first season. But they reunite on this hilltop,
1: and it is just the most amazing piece of television. And did that feel like an ending for you? Like if Gentleman Jack hadn't been renewed for a second season, it could have been a nice standalone, self contained season? I think so, yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But But there you go. Not every show has to end with a cliffhanger demanding the network recommission them. You can't because when they start season two, they've broken up the women again slightly to create some drama. So you can easily rewrite your first episode of series two to, you know, restart your story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. While I've been waiting for this, when I first heard it was coming that, um, the creator Sally Wainwright has got an amazing body of work, including Happy Valley, um, Last Tango in Halifax, yeah. uh, Scott and Bailey, which was a Saran Jones sort of, I think, a sort of police procedural, um, a lot of episodes. I think I, before I said I wanted to make sure I watched them all. That hasn't <laughs> happened, happened yet, but it's still on my to do list. Um, she talked about the, um, the, the series. She actually also directed the first season but she didn't direct the second season because, she, look, she just didn't have time. She's developing a, something new for Disney, um, Disney Plus called The Ballad of Renegade Nell. Wow. Which sounds quite interesting. There's no casting I've seen yet or anything, but um, I think it should be coming this year. But um, maybe if they haven't cast it yet, perhaps not. But anyway, so that's, that's that's an aside. But she talked about the diaries that um, she was a prolific diarist, um, yes. list
1: Lister. And you oh, see, she wrote her- in code, remember, so nobody could find out that she was a lesbian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they cracked the code,
0: and um, there's something like now I've written this down. Yeah, there's 26 volumes of diaries. Wow, there's which runs to about seven thousand pages. And they estimate it's around five million words. Oh my God! She was asked, "Could there be a book?" But I think she was implying, "Look, the task of of sort of translating the code, editing was just too was just too big a project to really to um to work on." So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Now I've said this before, but I'm lucky enough to have visited. Um, it's set in Halifax, so I've I've visited Halifax and the actual house. Um, was it Shib- Shibden Hall? Um, it's what, yeah, yeah, Shibden Hall is the house that uh, that Anne Lister's house, and they filmed a lot of it there. Yeah, and it's, it's open to the public. It's got great grounds. So I went. and So if you if you're ever up in Yorkshire, it's well worth ah. the um the, the visit there to see it. And it's uh it's quite good because so when coaches pull up, you see them pull up outside the actual house, and it's um it's it's very well done. But um, the series is made by a UK um, production company called Lookout Point, and they've done a lot of work with the creator Sally Wainwright, including Happy Valley, Last Tango in uh, Halifax. They've done a bit of other stuff too, including A Suitable Boy. Oh, yes. Uh, which, was a, which was a great series uh, set in India. Press, that series about Fleet Street.
1: With Anna Paquin. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: yep. Um, uh, Les Miserables. Yeah, with uh, Dominic West. Correct. And uh um, no musical. Sorry. Drama, no musical. Correct. Yeah, it didn't get the most brilliant reviews, but I I quite enjoyed it. It
1: was all right.
0: Yeah. And uh War and Peace, that recent um, version of War and Peace they did as well. So yeah, it's it's an amazing company with uh, some done some great stuff. But yeah, so that's um it's it's so Gentleman Jack out now on um Foxtel on demand. Coming April twenty eight is it on the linear BB First channel to fetch and yep. Foxtel. Um. So what else now? There's a a show called Call My Agent, which is on Netflix. Yes, yeah, a French show. Yeah. Now, I've, I've seen a couple of episodes, but I still haven't. There's quite a few seasons now, I think, too.
1: Yeah, there was three or four seasons, maybe three. I watched it all, and now there's talk there's going to be a movie. Um, and, you know, i watched it. It's on, with, with subtitles. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's about um, agents uh, in this company who are managing a whole bunch of A-list actors big movie stars in France, and it's all about the agents and their assistants in this office and all of these movie stars, some of which are played by actors and some of which are actors playing themselves.
0: (laughs) Right, yep. Now they've made
1: a remake. Yeah. Now
0: where can we watch it when it launches?
1: So the Mm -hmm. the UK remake is called 10%. And it's coming soon on Amazon Prime. Now, it stars Jack Davenport, um, who's an actor we all know since uh, his breakthrough role in This Life. And I've watched the first episode and it's like one of those discombobulating experiences where it's exactly the same show. But I think it's really really hard to translate a show with the french the way they speak and the way they move and put that the location that they have found for it in london is very similar the building looks the same there's still a rooftop area what the, the the part of the city they look out on looks just like the french original and the stories and the characters are exactly the same but it's just one of those things where you're watching it going no No, I don't like you. I want the original. The entire thing, there wasn't one single thing in it where I went, oh, yeah, that's better than the original. So, look, I guess for people who won't watch shows with subtitles, that they can watch it, but I find it very difficult to, I won't be watching it on a regular basis because I feel like I've already seen it and I've seen it done better. That's interesting. Do do you think as a standalone can you... As a standalone, if you didn't know anything about it, I think you could come into it and really enjoy it. But it's hard for me to say because I'm yeah. looking at the actors that have been recast and I'm looking at them and going, you're not even close to what that character's <laughs> meant to be. But you know what? Sometimes this is what happens, and I might write about this next week for Media Week. There are a lot of shows that are being remade around the world, and I think the trick of a remake is you take the original Bible, the original characters, the original setting, but But then as you go along, you can start to veer off that track. Once you feel comfortable with what you've got, you can start writing original storylines and take that show in a different direction if you want. And it has worked before. Have a look at Steve Carell's version of The Office. Nobody thought that... The Office with Ricky Gervais could be made for the American market and succeed, but it did, and it probably is a better success and watched by more kids today than the original. So you can do it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned The Office because I was thinking when you talked about 10% um, to me first that, um, yeah, have there been many um, remakes that have done as well uh, or
1: better? I think Shameless is another one. Shameless okay. is a UK show that ran for I think 12 seasons and then then the Americans made it with William H. Macy and it's still going to this day and, and hugely successful in its own right. So you can do it. But I would question to you how many fans of the original sit there and can watch. If they love the original, can they watch the remake and love it as much? I think that's really hard to do. I think it's a new audience.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now what they've done too, they've... So they've cast there's some actors playing themselves in this, isn't there? And I think in the trailer uh, you see Helena Bonham Carter uh, as one, and I think Dominic West crops up at some stage too. Is there Um, anyone in the first episode? Yes,
1: Kelly Macdonald plays herself, and she plays herself as this sort of neurotic actress who you know is wants this role so badly and. uh, you know, then they have to tell her that she doesn't have it and she has a meltdown. It's very funny, but it's just not the original.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something that I hope to get to today is uh, season two of Traces, but um, I just couldn't find time for it this week. I think uh, my plans were thrown out a little bit when uh, Gentleman Jack suddenly became available Uh earlier this week. But uh, Traces was, uh, I don't know if you can remember, it doesn't seem that long ago the first season was on, it's a... um, It's a crime, a British or a UK crime drama set in Scotland. I think it was Dundee, uh, from memory, and uh, Molly Windsor and Martin uh, Comston, Martin Compton, of course, from uh, Line of Duty. Oh, yeah. um, Are the are the leads in this? And it was it's made by the. um, I think it's a UK sort of crime crime uh, subscription channel called Alibi. Yep. And um, they also did, um, was it Annika the um, the uh, Nicola Walker c- series that was recently on the ABC? Yep. Um, and this one, Traces, is available. It's also on BBC First, so you can watch it on Foxtel or on Fetch. And um, I'll, I'll try and get into this one maybe over Easter. And we might I might mention it briefly next week, but it's quite interesting. Three female leads. You might yep. remember Laura Fraser, who was in Breaking Bad, was in this. Uh Molly Windsor from Three Girls. And oh, uh, Continuums, uh Jennifer Spence.
1: The really tall woman from Breaking Bad, his his wife? Yeah, dark
0: hair. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's that tall. Oh, okay,
1: because um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so there was the there was uh what's the lead actor in Breaking Bad? I just can't remember his name for a minute. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston had a wife and then yep. she had a sister. I think maybe we're talking about the sister. Okay. Yep. Brian Cranston's yep. wife was really tall and she was blonde. Breaking Bad, one of those shows. <laughs> I've never even watched one
0: episode. <laughs> okay. Despite having the box set sitting on my um, <laughs> my shelf quite close. Um, Now, something you've watched again, and I haven't seen this once, coming up to SBS, Four Lives.
1: Yeah, so this is a a drama that it will begin uh, Thursday before Easter, so catch it on SBS On Demand if you're listening to it after that point. Four Lives is about uh, a murder investigation, and it's a true story, and it's about uh, gay men being killed in London, Uh, outside of London. And it becomes pretty obvious early on in the story who the killer is. Uh, There's lots and lots of clues as to who's killing these men. But for some reason, the police just kind of go, oh, whatever, these people met on a gay dating, dating site and oh, they were taking drugs, oh yeah, whatever. And just don't really investigate it. And so this guy just keeps going on and doing it again and again and again. And the killer is played by Stephen Marchant, James. Now, we just spoke about him last week because he's got his new show on Amazon Prime called The Outlaws.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: It's not a comedic role for him. This is him playing a, a very creepy man that should have been setting off alarm bells like uh, our friend Jimmy Savile. Um, but somehow uh, he is just able to keep going. And fascinatingly, the, the first mother... Who uh is starting to get the feeling that the police aren't really interested in finding out who killed her son is played by Sheridan Smith, who we've been talking about recently because she starred in The Teacher. So Four Lives on SBS, uh, it looks I've watched the first episode. Uh I'm absolutely going to watch it all. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's uh, and it's very against type for a Stephen Merchant, isn't it? Because he Harry. usually plays a bum bumbling, likable character.
1: Yeah. He plays a guy that he plays this this man. You, you can tell straight away that there's something not right about him, and he seems to only have one friend. And even his one friend is uh is fully aware that something's not quite right. Uh, it'll be interesting, uh, to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, and Sheridan Smith, someone else who just seems to uh, bang out the series, doesn't she? I mean, yeah, all the time. Very prolific. Um, I just wanted to go back to Anne, which we talked about. Probably a few podcasts ago about the sort of, it was the um, um, Hillsborough tragedy in, um, was actually in Newcastle, I think it was in Sheffield, but but it was involved the Liverpool football team who were playing at the ground in Sheffield. And a lot of people died in sort of um, a big sort of crush that was, um, that at the time police sort of blamed. Um, drunken fans and yeah. said, "Look, these people, you know, were were behaving badly." And it looked the some of the parents of the the kids didn't accept this. They thought, "Look, this just doesn't sound right." And they fought for years and years and years. They're and still only, fighting. Yeah, and and only recently the um yeah there's there's been no justice since yeah. still, but it's it's all been revealed. Pretty much now, they people know what happened, but right. no one's no one's had to sort of pay the price, if you like, for sort of the the police mishandled the situation and the the management at the ground, um, you know, r- opened the wrong doors and, and, yeah. and the wrong gates and stuff like this. But I just wanted to say, you gave it a you you said it was just brilliant, and I think yeah. I'd might have seen one episode. Look, I only got around to watching the final this week, and oh wow that's such an amazing piece of television and for such a such a sad story it's it's quite life-affirming i found wasn't it
1: yeah, well, it's kind of all down to Maxine Peake in that title yeah. role. And, I mean, Anne is very similar thematically to the show we just talked about, Four Lives. They're both about grieving mothers and they're both about police departments that aren't really doing their job properly um, and the mothers are on to it and uh, demanding justice. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting how they're about the same thing. But police forces... Not doing the right thing for very different reasons in both of these cases. What, you know, with the Hillsborough one, there's a it's a cover-up. You can tell it's a cover-up.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The um, but that at that and I and I stayed that last episode, you watch the credits and they pop up some photos of yeah. of, of the real Anne Williams. That's yep. just it's just impressive. It's um so moving that um, very moving. Well, well, every episode is, but that last episode, wow, that's um such a good piece of television. All the cast, the husbands he separated from yeah. earlier on in life, he comes back into sort of Anne's final days. It's um just wonderful stuff. And I've actually had a big Maxine Peak week because I um got into Rules of the Game, a new drama that's on. Um, it's also on. Um, where is this one? This one is on Fox, <laughs> Foxtel. Right. I think it's on BBC First as well. So there's yep. a fair bit of dry. This one it, uh, screened, I think, in January in the UK, and so they've sort of unleashed a fair bit just recently. But this one again I'm I'm only into that first episode, but it looks really good it's a um It's a thriller about sexual politics in in a sort of a modern workplace uh, the writer yeah. Ruth Fowler said in one interview she was actually inspired by Harvey Weinstein and the scandal um surrounding him and the sort of me too movement which followed on so it's uh yeah. it's going to get very interesting. I haven't got into that part of it yet but um the setup in that first episode looks great. And it's just so good seeing Maxine Peak again. Yes, absolutely. So I'll put that one on your list. Um, so, what else have you been up to now? You want to talk about Tiny Oz? I, I know nothing about
1: this. Tiny Oz is a new series on the ABC beginning on Tuesday night. I'm not quite sure that it's even a primetime show because I think this is a show that's one for the families. And I think that uh, kids and teenagers will want to watch this because it stars Jimmy Dees, who, you know, has been hosting a kid's show on uh, ABC uh, for Jimmy and Hoot. He's been doing it forever, and we've seen him on Dancing with the Stars, and he has a very, very funny Instagram account. I see him on Studio 10 all the time, but I think he's made a really successful transition to prime time. Um, This is a great format for him um, because it's about, what's great about this is it's about a bunch of quite eccentric people that make tiny, tiny miniatures, James, (laughs) but what's good about this is that Each episode is tied around a forgotten event in Australian history and they get a group of people to make this sort of diorama or a tableau that will recreate this piece of history. And the first episode is about the time they closed the zoo down at Moore Park and marched all the animals, including an elephant, down Macquarie Street down to uh, where the Opera House is now, which wasn't there at the time, it was a tram depot, and then put them on a barge and took them across to their brand-new zoo at Taronga. And so you get all these different people coming in. Some people are there to make the trees and the animals uh, one guy there is a train nut, so he's there to make the little trams that are going to go into the depot. So all these people join up and then they unveil it at the museum as part of a huge exhibit to celebrate this uh, historic event. So it's really well done and interesting and quirky and, and funny. And at the end, Jimmy's D's and his uh, co-host are shrunk down into the little people and they walk around uh, the miniature—it's just unique, and I really give it a thumbs
0: up. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Now there's um, two dramas that are coming to the end of their current seasons. I think one will be it for good, the other one won't be. Um, the one that I think is continuing is Billions. Right. Um, I'm. I think season uh, episode twelve went out this week, which the which this is the last episode of season six. It's amazing they are powered through six seasons of the show. Um, I'm only up to episode ten, so that's awesome. one of, one of my Easter treats. We'll be finishing off uh, Billions, but it's been such a good season. I mean, a lot of people thought with Damien Lewis gone, the show probably wouldn't wouldn't continue. But yeah, look, it's really it's really prospered without him. Some great plot lines, and I'm really looking forward to the final two um, episodes to see what happens. Now, have you stayed across Killing Eve this season, which I think is
1: is about to end? I pulled the pin. um, So, (laughs) therefore, I was able to read all of the articles that said, Do not read if you've not seen the last episode of Killing Eve's plot spoilers ahead. I'll just say this the UK fans are not happy with the way the fan. Uh, show ended um, and we'll see it here in Australia on Sunday night on the ABC although I'm pretty sure it's uh, already up there on iview um, look if, there are some people have stuck with this show till the end and uh, liked it I thought it lost its way a long time ago I'm not surprised at all that it ended up with an awful ending uh, I'd say it's uh, scotches any talk of a big screen movie but they're now talking about doing a prequel with the uh Caroline character the older lady uh who works with Sandra O. Oh, so they may well get another uh bit of Killing Eve that way so uh Vale Villeneuve it's uh wasn't the greatest ending right okay okay um look we are
0: just about wrap up today I, I've I'll leave you with one thing I'm looking forward to. It's a it's a sitcom called Chivalry, which um, stars Sarah, you know, I don't know her, Sol, Solmani Solomani, and Steve Coogan, who I have heard of. And it, yeah. it's a, a prickly sort of um, sitcom where they talk about gender politics. And one of the reviews I saw about it was said, you know, is sexism funny? Can you have a comedy about sexism? Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, and if anybody would have a crack at it, you've got to think Steve Coogan might, because yes. he's, he's often on the edge with some of the stuff he does. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see how that one goes.
1: Okay, well, my final tip is the Kardashians are starting on Disney Plus. No, just joking. Can you believe it? They had 13 <laughs> years and 20 seasons on E Plus, and now they've gone to Disney saying this is our next chapter. Just piss off. Okay. Okay. What I really want to plug is hey, hey, it's a hundred years. No, just joking. What a dumb title for a special about hey, hey, it's Saturday. What happened in 1922? Love to know how they're coming up with hey, hey, it's a hundred years. No, my actual tip is the thing about Pam starring Renee Zellweger, which will be on nine Tuesday and Wednesday after The Voice. Uh, This is a limited limited crime drama based on the podcast of the same name and even used the same narrator, the same guy who does the voiceover for The Thing About Pam, is the narrator of this TV show. Not quite sure the tone is right, though, but I'll write more about it in Media Week this Thursday.
0: Okay. And
1: you probably won't be mentioning
0: the uh, Kardashians then. No.
1: Right? No. <laughs> and also, James, it's so exciting. Next time we talk on our podcast, we have two massive shows coming up, Gaslit with Julia Roberts coming to Stan and Barons, the surf drama on ABC, which I have been waiting years to see from the moment they first announced it. So I'm so excited for those shows. Yeah, it's been a long time coming,
0: hasn't it, that Barons. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. All right, Andrew McCarter, look, great Uh talking to you, as it is always. Um, We'll talk to you again next time.
1: Thanks, James. Have a
0: great Easter.